Are you ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Welcome everyone to Relationships Rule. My special guest this week is no other than the very amazing speaker, author. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm in awe of him. It is Bob Berg. No, seriously. Bob Berg is the co-author of the international bestseller, The Go-Giver, which I have here in case anybody ever sees this, The Go-Giver. And uh, a much sought after speaker at sales leadership conference and is committed to inspiring the entrepreneurial spirit, entrepreneurial spirit in all, which I love. And uh, I know that Bob has a community, the Go-Giver community as well, that that uh, people that that uh, he teaches his methods to. And I have to say, Bob, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. You're welcome. And what I noticed when I first went through your uh, website and looked at the the community, it is a bunch of very happy looking, smiling people. They <laughs> so happy to be there. And uh, and I think that that speaks a lot to the the to to what you um, what you spread around the world, the joy that you spread. I want to start with just a little story in that um, you and I were supposed to meet um, a little while ago and, and for whatever reason it had to be changed. And you had asked me if I would mind changing it or we had to shorten it. And I said, look, let's not do that. Let's just do it another time. And that was fine. So here we are today. Sorry, my phone is beeping. It shouldn't be. And, um, and you posted something on your LinkedIn to thank me for making that change. And I was like flabbergasted and I didn't, it's funny, so many things went through my mind. I, I wanted to share it with everybody, but I didn't want to share it because I didn't want it to seem like I was, you know, promoting something that, that was really just you, your kindness and your, you, how you practice what you preach. And so I was very honored when you did that and, and showed that, you know, it's, it's better to give than not. So, so let's, let's just talk about for a moment, because I know that what your your book, The Go-Giver, has been translated into over 30 languages. I think it, it was published in 2007 or 2008. Um, yes. Yeah, so officially it was the very, very, it was like December 27th of 2007, but it, it, it hit the bookstores in 2008. So uh, we, we give it that extra year. Sure. So a lot <laughs> of people that I know will have read that book, but there's a lot of people out there that are new entrepreneurs and business owners that sure. may not have. Can you just, this is a parable and mm -hmm. the story um, speaks to some values around um, how you should conduct yourself all the time, not just in business, but can you just give us a summary of the five laws that you talk about in the book? Sure. And it was co-authored with John David Mann, yes. who was really the lead writer, storyteller. He's a brilliant, brilliant writer. And he was on my podcast too. 
Yeah. yeah. It was Anna with them. It was with Anna, and we uh, talked yeah. about the go-giver marriage. Which they wrote, yeah, right. about uh, half a year ago, which I thought they did a wonderful job with. And they're a, they're mm -hmm. a fantastic couple themselves. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's a, it's a parable about a guy named Joe who's sort of an up-and-comer, uh, or you know, an aggressive, ambitious, nice, nice guy, but had his priorities a little, little backwards in that he was very much what we call a go taker. It was all about him and how it was going to be about him. And you know, and what he did is he he learned a, a, a very valuable basic lesson, which is is sort of the premise of the story, which is that shifting your focus, and this is really the 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 key. Uh, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. And not for any kind of way out there, woo-woo, magical, mystical reasons, not at all. It's actually very logical it's very rational when you think about it because when you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and make it about serving others discovering what they need what they want what they desire people feel good about you really they feel great about you they they want to get to know you they like you they trust you they want to be in relationship with you they want to do business with you uh, if and when it's appropriate to do so and they definitely want to tell others about you they want to be your personal walking ambassador so you know that's the premise and as you said there are five principles or laws what however you, you'd want to say it that go with that the laws of value compensation influence authenticity and receptivity so it's very harmonious and that it's not just a few of these it's utilizing all five of those uh together in conjunction perfect um I, it's funny because i do training and i teach people how to um uh, reach out and, and talk to people on LinkedIn to become, you know, to build new relationships with people on LinkedIn. And when I'm teaching the messaging strategies that go along with that, I find it really interesting how many people today aren't, it's, it doesn't come naturally to them to mm -hmm. think of the other person first. They think they have to talk about themselves. Now, do you find that, that it's, it's because they're fearful or, 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 you know, unsure of themselves that it's easier to talk. How do you, how do you turn them into that go-giver? Because it, yeah. I think that people have to see it before they can actually do it. If they're not, if it's not a natural thing. Well, I think what, what, what is natural is for people to think that they have to talk about themselves and their own business in order for the other person to desire to want to do business with them. Okay. And yeah. it has to be about how great their product is or their service, how knowledgeable they are, how old the company is that they've been working with, or, you know, all the different things sure. that really the other person doesn't care about. You know, yeah. one of the things that I, I say whenever, when I speak at sales conferences, I often begin by saying, um, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Right. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money 
or because you're a nice person, you know, just because of those reasons. They're going to buy from you because they believe that ultimately they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so, which means much more than, be, than being concerned with you and what you do. It's really about how you can help them. And again, that's human nature as well. Right. And to live in truth and understand that, that that's how it is. You know, you make a great point when you say, that, uh, you know, when people talk about relationship marketing, they often focus on the marketing mm -hmm. instead of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason why you focus on the relationship that that needs to that that needs to be the focus is because that comes first. Yeah, that comes first. You know, once they know, like and trust you now, they're open to, to you know, what it is that you can do for them. Right. You know, I was talking to a prospect the other day, a really nice woman who I'd met in, a, in an online networking thing, um, event. And I knew she needed my help because I saw what she had, you know, that online about herself. And yet I didn't want to, you know, push anything on her. So I was finding out about her. And as I'm doing that, she's asking me questions about um, her LinkedIn profile. And I gave her about three or four things that she could tweak or do differently that would make a huge difference. And, and then towards the end of the conversation, she said, you have given me so much value already. I really need to work with you. <laughs> right. And it was like, perfect. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. But, but I think that it's not that so much as the key point that you make is don't think about anything else but the giving at that point because the rest will then come yeah i mean and I, and I think the focus is the big the big thing if you can understand that it you know that it isn't about you it's about them yes you're you're facing in the right direction yeah exactly, <laughs> you know exactly. i love that um so um do you when you're when you're out speaking today in 21st century um in uh, the last, well, just since, say, just pre-COVID or during COVID, you're probably doing a lot online as well. Um, have you found things to be different than back in the early days when you were first, when your book was first released in terms of um, the people, the, the questions that were asked then to the questions that are asked now of you? Is it different? Are people different? Are there different focuses? Uh, principally based, no. Okay. I think there are always, though, changes depending upon the situation. You know what I'm saying? That's how we say, you know, universal laws and principles are timeless. Right. Uh, yeah, I remember Jim Rohn, the great business philosopher, used to say, beware the person who comes to you offering new fundamentals. <laughs> That's right. a good one. He like has some Right. He, oh, he was, he was just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was, a, he was the kind of guy you could listen to him say the same thing every single time and find something new out of it. Every, every I used to listen to his, his CD in my car every day. Oh, um, I loved it. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so, and so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no. So I, I think like anything else, um, strategies, uh, techniques, tactics, those kinds of things, I think they change depending upon you know, what things we have now going on to work with. Yes. But we always want to make sure that we utilize those strategies, tactics, and what have you in alignment with proven universal laws and principles. Right. 
Right. Um, I know in the story, it's so it's so funny. I read it again, right? Because I was going to be interviewing you in it. And uh, it, it was so interesting because poor Joe, Joe Schmo, I call him at first, because <laughs> he doesn't know what he's in for. And he um, and he's always surprised by how the lesson comes to him, which is so beautiful and in uh, in the parable. But um, it's when the light goes on that you go, oh, my goodness, why didn't I see that the first time? Right. Why was I doing it the wrong way? Sure. Um, so there's a there's a part in the book that talks about um, uh, money. And so um, why asking if something will make money? isn't a bad question. It's just a bad first question. And I love that. And I wonder if you'd speak to that. Sure. And and this is where Joe and Pendar were having a conversation where Pendar, where they were talking about Rachel's coffee, how delicious it was and how right. you know, Pendar was saying about serving it or, or sharing it with the world or something. Wow. And, and Joe said, oh yeah, if you can uh, market this on an industrial scale, you can make a killing. And, and, you know, Pinder kind of said, you know, it's a it's a good thought, but let's look at sort of how we're approaching things where I'm talking about sharing it or sharing its value with the world. And you're talking about making a killing. And Joe said, so are you saying that may, will asking, will it make money is a bad question? And Pinder said, no, asking if something will make money is a great question. It's just a bad first question. So, so why is that so? Because again, it always goes back to where your focus is. If your focus is on, will something make money? Um, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse um, because nobody's, as we were talking about earlier, nobody's going to buy it from you because you think it will make right. money. Okay. Right. It's, will it serve? The first question Pindar said is ask, will it serve? Or, you know, we can even say, will it uh, is there a marketplace for it? Will people want it? Now, this market, by the way, might be something we have to create, and then it's up to us to decide, is it worth the time, the effort, the the um, investment, what have you to do so? Or it might be, is it just, is it a market that's already there, but your product is not the first or second one there? So can you create a market? Those are all, you know, those are logistical questions. Um, but it still has to start with that because, you know, if, 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 you can produce it at a lower price than what you would sell it for. Well, you could say it will make money, but if nobody buys it, right. well, you know, that, that doesn't exa exactly work. Now, on the other hand, still, we have to also ask, will it make money? Because you can have a product or service that everybody loves and buys and enjoys, but if it's not profitable, well, now you've, you've simply got a very expensive hobby. Yes. And while hobbies are good, that's not what we're talking about in terms of, of the go-giver in the in the story. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not good business. So both are important. You know, will it make money again? As Pindar said, important, great question. Just a bad first question. Be careful not to lead with that. Put first things first. You know, as John David Mann and I say in this in this in the follow-up book, Go Givers Some More, money is simply an echo of value. It's mm -hmm. the uh thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means the value must come first. That's where the focus must be. It's like, as you say, focusing on the relationship rather than the marketing. doesn't mean the marketing is not important. The marketing is very important, but the relationship comes first. The marketing is second. The value comes first. The money is a result. It's a reflection of the value you've provided. Great, great answer. Thank you. 
Um, do you think, do you ever have people say to you, um, this happened to me today, when I, when I was talking to somebody about um, the, the initial conversation starters and, and questions and things to ask, you know, if it's a cold uh, outreach on LinkedIn, let's say, or, or even, um, even if it's uh, in person at a networking event, people, um, does it matter if it's B2B or B2C? in your, in your um, opinion, that you should start by building, I mean, I know the answer to this question, but I just, I have to ask it because um, people sometimes, as this gentleman did with me today, he thinks that there's a difference if I'm reaching out to somebody who's in part of a big corporation that I can speak about my product or my service now first before I even know them because it's a business thing. Whereas if it's with a solopreneur or an entrepreneur or a small business owner, you need to do that report. I don't agree with him, but I want to hear what, what, what your take is on. No, you, you and I are in agreement. You know, we say B2B, business to business, B2C, business to consumer. How about B2B, right? person to person? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? And so... <laughs> So sure, that person's a human being that you're that you're connecting with, and you know somebody can say, "Oh, but this is business." That's still personal. It's still people. Exactly. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. So there is a question that um, that was on some of the material that um, was sent to me for you, and it says one thing to absolutely avoid doing when seeking out a mentor. Do you mentor people first of all? Well. I generally don't uh, for any any long period of time now. I'm not. It's You're not retired, here. right? You're sort of retired. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a little bit it's a little bit difficult to do that for you know for too, for too long a time. I yeah. try to be there to help someone if they need it, and then you know when it gets to a certain point, kind of uh, refer them to other resources or people or and, uh-huh. and so forth. But um, but, but I am curious and, about what's the one thing to absolutely avoid. Yeah. So I, a lot of times people will approach someone who they'd like to mentor them, which is great, but it's someone they don't necessarily know at all personally or in any way or have any relationship with, which again is okay. Yeah. But they, when they ask, they'll, they'll simply say something like, hey, will you be my mentor? And the challenge with that is, 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 is and, and let's look at it a little bit in depth, is that if you're asking this person to be your mentor, there's probably a lot of other people who are asking them to be your mentor, their mentor. They have a limited amount of time and so forth. And so asking, simply asking somebody to be your mentor doesn't distinguish you in any way from anyone else. It also comes off maybe a tiny bit entitled. It, you know, it's, like, it's almost like saying to somebody, hey, will you share 40 years of your life's experience with me, even though you don't know me from a hole in the wall? Right, right. right. And so forth. And so, but that said, you can still ask that that person, but I would go about it maybe a different way. Um, understanding that first, you know, a mentor-protege relationship is just that. It's a relationship. It doesn't happen overnight. But you can say to this person, uh, and it, whether it's online, whether it's it's in person, whether it's on the telephone, the, the medium doesn't matter. Okay. And it's simply something like, Hey, I, I, it would be something like, 
I know you are very busy. So if this is something you either don't have time to do or for whatever reason, just would rather not, I'll absolutely understand. I'm wondering if I might ask you one or two very specific questions. Now, what you've done with that is, first of all, you've, again, you've respected the process, right? Uh, you did not come off as entitled as though they owe you anything or that you expect all their time without even knowing, right? You also gave them the out or back door. You let them know right front if this is something you either don't have time or for whatever reason would rather not do, you know, and the, the, what I call the Berg's law of the out or back door simply says the bigger the out or back door you give someone to take, the less they'll feel the need to take it because yeah. they feel, uh, you know, they have autonomy. They're not trying to back them into a corner, making them feel guilty or making that right. And, and they also know that you are the type who obviously is going to respect them in their time. So they don't, right. So they feel as though they can, but here's what you also did is rather than just asking to pick their brain, which says to them, Oh, here's another time waster. Okay. Yes. Yes. They ask you one or two very specific questions. So now they say, okay, this person knows what it is they need. They have an agenda, in this case, agenda in a yes. positive yes. way. Um, and so that so they're most likely, not always, and it doesn't have to be everyone, but most likely they'll say, oh sure, you know, go ahead. What what can I do for you? Beautiful. So now, you know, you want to uh, already have researched them thoroughly. So, you know, not to ask something you could have found online, right? right? But you ask them, you don't take much of their time. You you thank them profusely and ask, you know, is it okay if I follow up down the line to kind of let you know how things are? They can say, oh, please do, please do. Now, that very day, I would write them a handwritten, not an email, not a text, a handwritten personalized note of that, very short, very sweet, dear Mr. So-and-so or dear Ms. So-and-so or hi, Joe or hi, Joe, however it's been established. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, your busy schedule. Your, your wisdom was priceless and I look forward to applying it right away. I'll follow up and, and um, you know, let you know how things are progressing. Uh, yeah. Again, many, many thanks, best regards, put it in a regular envelope. Uh, hands, you know, stamp it with a regular stamp, not a meter machine stamp, but a regular stamp or a commemorative stamp, send it out that day. That's going to be a huge uh, difference maker. I would also, you know, look uh, again, you can find this probably online, but if not, his or her admin will know uh, their favorite charity or cause. And then make a small, it doesn't have to be anything big, but just a small donation to their favorite cause in their name. It'll get back to them and you're not doing it to kiss up or anything, but just to let them know. Again, you respect them, the process, you appreciate them. You want to find something valuable to them, right? Now, uh, a couple of weeks later, whatever it happens to be, you follow up uh, and, you know, update them. Maybe you have another question. And as time goes on, maybe a relationship is, is going to happen. Now, if not, if not, and there'll be someone else and someone else would have, my suggestion is to, to kind of follow that, that way of doing it without attachment to, you know, to the result, to having to have that person as your one-on-one Tuesday with Maury, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, and, and, and that's how I would, uh, that's how I would suggest. Great advice. It's great advice. So I know that you live in Florida that to me always makes me think of, you know, the retirement community, the golfing, the over 55 communities, right. and the water and all of that. So uh -huh. are you taking advantage of, of your um, 
success and spending a lot more time doing those things or with your family and so on? Um, nah. <laughs> I've got to be the most boring person. Yeah, if anybody ever from the outside was looking into my life, they'd say this guy's boring life. I love it. Okay, so I moved down from from I grew up in Massachusetts. Uh, moved down to Florida about thirty five years ago. I just love the weather. Okay, I just love the warm weather. I live on a golf course and don't golf. Ah, uh, let's see, about uh, two or three blocks from the ocean and don't osh. So you know, I. I you know, I just don't do anything. I'm I'm kind of a hermit, and uh, and uh, in in but I enjoy my life very much. I'm an avid so, reader, and I just. I was just going to say, looking at the the library behind you, I'm guessing <laughs> you do a lot of reading. And if that's not a backdrop, which I don't think it no, is, no, it's a, yeah. it's it's one one small part of my home life. I tell people my my home is comprised of books with some scattered furniture. Well, I think you should go on the comedy circuit, actually. That's what I think. So do you read current business books or do you read fiction? Because I'm curious uh, about who you who you think is today, you know, someone to to look for or to follow. Oh, wow. Uh, there are so many good ones. Uh, there are so many good people out there. So much. Well, I'll tell you a book I just read though, and I wish I had read this when it first came. It came out about I think eight years ago or something. I just read it. It's called Selling Sunshine: uh, Seventy-Five Tips, Tools, and Tactics for Becoming a Wildly Successful Entrepreneur. His name is Tony Hartle. Yeah, I and, saw that you posted about that, didn't you? On yeah, yeah. 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 I'm telling you, what a wonderful wonderful book and i mean i i think this is something that every entrepreneur should have and and keep right by their side and and mm, i'm telling you it's fantastic. so you know and then you know books like uh oh what was the book by gino wickman that i loved uh uh oh and i'm not saying to write that down anyway I'll and, look it up. Uh, and i'm and i'm I'm mad at myself because it's one of my all-time favorite books. But, you know, again, he wrote that, I think, about six or seven years ago. And um, and it, it was just, to me, uh, you know, a book that that every single person, it's called Attraction, T-R-A-C-T-I-O-N. Oh. And it's a wonderful system for growing entrepreneurial companies. Um, and, you know, there's just, there's so many fantastic books on sales, on marketing, on the uh, you know, personal development, uh, just, uh, you, it, there's, there's so much. Now, I will say this, for the last 35 years, which is about how long I've been in this business of speaking, I have not read many novels because there's been so many personal development books yeah, and sales books and marketing books, philosophy and, you know, history and things that I just felt I really had. I didn't take time to read a lot of novels and that's something I, I regret. Um, and so I've been over the last year or so been starting to read a whole lot more novels. So I'm still, you know, still reading personal development and say, and, you know, I, I absolutely, uh, but I'm now picking up a lot more novels and, um, and, and reading those. So I got to tell you, you know, who's a great, who writes a great novel? Is John David John Mann. David Mann, yeah. Yeah, I was his, just yeah his books, Cold Fear, and uh, Steel Fear, and then Cold Fear, um, that he co-authored with um, Brandon Webb, uh, 
I mean, these are, you know, murder mystery type of books that, you know, that again, I, I just hadn't read. These are wonderful. He's got a new one coming out in July. And I told him, I said, I don't even want to read the the um, manuscript. I don't want to know anything about it until the book ah. comes out so that I can, I, I, so I can pre-order it, have it delivered that day. It comes out and just, just take the Fantastic. day. Fantastic. Yeah. So, and that's just, that's just pure joy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it requires um, a different kind of times spent though, I think, because um, reading business books and self-development books, you can put them down and, you know, whatever, but if you get into a good novel, you want to keep going, you know, and it takes time. So I also on- find myself always highlighting and underlining and taking notes on the personal development ones. I try yes. not to sometimes, yes. but I, I, I see something that I love and I've got to, you know, write it down or whatever, yeah. whatever. you can pick up a novel and just, you know, you got your cup of coffee and your novel and that's all you need. You know, what, what more do you need, right? There you go. Well, uh, I think though, it's funny how um, you're not, not you per se, but you in general, people are, for me, I guess I should just speak for me. I'm, I'm attracted to those books that of course validate my values and my philosophy around sure. building relationships about having the same values of showing appreciation and listening properly to other people and being able to come from a place of service. And, and so it's, it's a, um, it's just a joy to, um, to speak to people that are on that same level, right. As you, and you know, that, I don't know. It, do you still do your podcast? I, I don't, we haven't no. had that now for uh, either two or three years. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what I thought. We, are, yeah, we keep the archives up. But, yeah. Uh, yeah actually do you listen it. to podcasts? A little difficult for me. Um, it, I, I'm, I just enjoy reading much more than okay. listening. Okay. To, uh, and I'm going to ask you one last question, if I may. And it's not about your book or about anything. It's just one of those things that I like to ask people on occasion because okay. um, curiosity is my favorite word. And I'm a very curious person. And I want to know two part question. Number one, do you think curiosity is innate or learned? And second part is, what are you most curious about these days? Well, I think curiosity is innate because if you look at a baby, they're curious about everything. So it, it's got to be innate, I would, I would imagine. I, I think maybe we start to lose it in certain ways as we, as we get older because we think we already know. That's that set of beliefs in a sense that, we, that we're handed um, before we're even old enough to, to think critically and question premises. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we, we have, whether it's upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, you know, what have you, um, we have, we, we have certain beliefs that are unconscious. I call it our unconscious operating system. Yeah. Fair enough. So often we, we lose our curiosity because we, again, we think we, you know, we know what we know and yes. what we know is true and which it isn't necessarily those are. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, so I think it's, it is innate, uh, but I think then it has to be redeveloped. Okay. Fair enough. So, and what are you most curious about now? My biggest curiosity and what is curiosity when you think of it it's a the the desire to know something right (laughs) desire to learn i guess right curiosity i i'm 
fascinated with human nature, mm -hmm. trying to understand why people do what they do, why they think what they think, why they act the way they act, and all different elements. And, and it's something I've, I've, again, I've studied this for years and years. And so there's certain things I, I believe I know, but of course, a belief is a subjective truth. It doesn't yes. matter. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so I love reading, uh, you know, about, about human nature and with the desire to understand more and more about why. Well, I, now that bring, now that makes me want to ask this one more question. And that is that, um, I, I noticed a beautiful post that you put on your, uh, LinkedIn just recently, it might've been today. Um, and it made me think, do you go, or have you traveled around the world giving, um, speeches? Um, I, literally, I guess, but not a lot, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I've spoken as far as whether it's China, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Europe, you know, I mean, whatever, but not a lot because okay. I probably didn't want to, I don't really, I never really liked the traveling aspect. Traveling I just so wondered if you thought people were different in different parts of the world or whether they're the same all, all around. Yeah. So, so here's my thought on that. Just again, from my own personal experience, and that is different cultures, um, different types, different this, different, all have to be respected because people are individuals, okay? Um, and, you know, cultures obviously will have certain elements about them that, that are, are predictable in a certain way, okay? But when it comes right down to it, we're just all human beings. We all want love. We want to feel respected we want to feel we want to be autonomous we want to learn we want to grow we want kindness we want you know what i'm saying so so yes i would say you know respect the cultures uh, you know and, and to and so of course um while understanding that ultimately we're all human beings and we're all individuals and you know we, we all basically are subject to the same human nature that every other human is yeah that's that's true well, this has been delightful. Do you have any parting words for my audience? Any words of wisdom for business um, uh, business owners, entrepreneurs out there today to leave with my audience? You know, I, I think back to almost 40 years ago after I'd, I'd been in sales for a little while and I was in a real sales slump and a wise older gentleman, uh, he wasn't even in the sales department of the company where I worked. I think he was an engineer and he was, he soon retired after that. Um, nice, nice guy. Didn't say like, one of these people we have all met before who doesn't say a lot, but whenever he did say something it was always profound. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and he, he took me aside and he, he said, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in selling, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Mm -hmm. Now, when you hit the target, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It's not the target itself. Your target is serving others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really, Janice, that's when it hit me. That great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. Uh, great salesmanship is never about the product or service, as important as those are. That's not what it's about. Great salesmanship is about the other 
person, just as you teach. It's about those people you serve. It's about those people whose who's, who's life you're trying to add value to. Or I guess we could say, in a sense, ultimately, it's about another person's life being better just because you are part of it. And I think that when we can approach sales from that foundational premise, now we're really nine steps ahead of the game in a 10-step game. Wow. We're being a go-giver, really, right? Perfect place to end. Thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom. And to my audience, please listen up. Let us know what you thought. Give us a review and a five-star rating, and we appreciate you. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.